Hey, everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. As always, we're so glad to have you in the house today. You're always welcome right here in the house of faith. We are the family of God. And I am so thrilled to be coming into your home or your office or wherever it is you're watching or listening to this broadcast. I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that you're taking time to put the word of God first place in your life. I'm thankful that you're taking time to hear it, get it down into your heart, and then become a doer of the word of God. There's a blessing that belongs to those people. There's a ble- there is a blessing that belongs to people who will hear the word, Jesus said, and keep it. And that's what we've been talking about over the last several weeks of broadcast. We've been talking about being keepers of the faith. And our scripture, our text has been in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, Paul said this in verse 7, writing to Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, if you missed any of these broadcasts leading up to this, I encourage you to go to pearsonsministries.com. You can watch them there or you can watch them from the Legacy Studios app. But we've been talking for weeks now about being keepers of the faith. And I, for one, am determined to be a keeper of the faith. And when I say faith, I'm not just talking about somebody who believes in the existence of a God. No, I'm talking about somebody who believes in the existence of our God and in the goodness of our God, believes the authority of his written word, believes the integrity of his word, being a keeper of the faith, somebody who will trust, somebody who will believe even when it's difficult to do so. And that's what a keeper of the faith really is. And that's what I'm inviting you to be. Let's make the declaration, the decision now that we are in fact keepers of the faith. And besides that, I, I, I mean, uh, on a level where I'm talking about um, that even being the assignment on this ministry, this ministry that the Lord's given Sarah and I, Pearson's Ministries, International, Legacy Studios, that's a big part of the assignment on our lives is to keep the word of faith alive in another generation. I grew up in what I affectionately refer to as the household of faith, man. I grew up on this stuff. I grew up hearing the word of God day and night. I grew up believing that your words mattered and that death and life was in the power of the tongue. I grew up believing that sowing a seed would produce a harvest in your life. I grew up hearing and believing these things. And I am determined to keep that kind of faith alive. And I want to serve my generation with it, praise God. And I'm going to teach others how to live by faith in the day of grace, how to come to God and be somebody that lives a life of faith that's pleasing to him. That's what this, our lives in this ministry is all about. And that's what we want to be, keepers of the faith. That's what this whole series is about. That's what this broadcast today is, being keepers of the faith. Paul got to the end of his life and said honestly, as he wrote to Timothy and wrote it in the presence of God and even wrote it to us without him even knowing it. He said, I've come to the end and I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. That word kept, we've said in other broadcasts, literally means to guard it, to watch over it, to protect it. Now, why would you have to guard these things? Why would you have to protect and watch over your faith? Simple. It's what Satan's after. Satan comes to steal the word. That's what Jesus said in Mark chapter 13, or excuse me, Matthew 13, Mark 4, Luke 8. Jesus said, 
that Satan comes immediately to steal the word of God that gets sown in your heart. He's after the word. He's after your faith. People a lot of times think, well, Satan's just trying to make me sick or Satan's trying to rob me of my prosperity. Satan doesn't care about your health. He doesn't care about your financial status. He's after your faith because if he can compromise your faith, if he can destroy your trust in God and in God's word, then he'll take your health. He'll take your family. He'll take your joy, your finances and everything else in your life. He's after our faith. But I am inviting you to join me in my determination. I'm keeping mine. I'm not letting him or anyone or anything else rob me of my faith in God, my faith in his word. And this, we've, we, you know, we've talked about it in the sense of sort of this overarching uh, view and scope of our lives and being able to say it when we arrive at the end of our lives. But hey, how about being able to say this at the end of the day today? How about being able to lay your head on the pillow tonight and start a conversation with the Lord and say, God, they tried to take it from me. They tried to get it away, but I wouldn't let them have it. <laughs> All those people I'm working with, they tried to take my faith, but I wouldn't let them have it. Satan himself came to rob me of my faith and my joy in you and your word, but I just wouldn't let him take it. How about being able to say these things on, on a Tuesday afternoon? Come on, somebody, I'm talking to you right now. How about being able to say it at any time, any time of the day, day or night? Say, Lord, I've got my faith and I'm not losing it. I'm not, let say, not, not letting Satan rob me of my faith. I'm not letting him steal the word that's been sown in my heart. I wanna give you a good example of this. And honestly, I feel like I've been trying for four weeks to get to this place right here, but we're getting there. Go with me to the book of Luke. And let's look together in chapter 10. I want to read an account of something that happened in the life and ministry of Jesus. I know maybe you've heard it before, but let's look at it together again. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38, read this with me. It says, It happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. That was nice of her. Verse 39, it says she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Notice this. I want you to hear his words. Verse 42. But one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Do you, do you hear this now? Jesus said that Mary did something and whatever it was she did, it guaranteed that whatever she got from Jesus that day would never be taken from her. I hope you hear that in the light of what we've been talking about for weeks now, being keepers of the faith, keepers of the word of God. You know, hold your place right here, but look at what Jesus said just a chapter later in chapter 11, verse 28. He said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. 
Again, that word keep means guard. Jesus said, Mary has done something here that has guaranteed that what she's getting from God will never be taken from her. What if everything you'd ever heard from the word was still alive and well and living in you today? What if everything you'd ever gotten from God was just this living, breathing revelation and it had just been compounded revelation upon revelation, upon truth, upon truth, upon light, upon light? What if none of it had ever been taken from you? I mean, what kind of life would we be living today? Be massive, huge lives, productive in the things of God. Jesus said, Mary did something here that guaranteed it would never be taken from her. She's hearing the word. Now, there were other people that heard the word that day, a house full of people. But out of Jesus' own mouth, we know that Satan comes immediately to steal the word. So there were people in the house that day, just like there are people in the house this day, in the church houses all over the world. There are people maybe even sitting right next to each other in church. And one hearing the word, leaving changed. The other hearing the word, leaving bored. How could that possibly be? Well, somebody heard it and it got in. But somebody else heard it and it got stolen. Would you like to know how to guarantee that the word never gets stolen from you again? Let's look at what happened here. Let's really take it apart. So Jesus goes into this house and it's Martha's house. And maybe, maybe it's Martha and Mary's house. Well, all we know is they're sisters. This is her house. And we know that Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. But Martha, it says, was distracted with much serving. I want to read this to you from the Wiest translation, and I want to put this on the screen so that you can see it. Again, Luke 10, 38, it says, as they were going on their way, he himself entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him as a guest into her home. Now, now that's a good start. If you're going to have somebody in your house, it might as well be Jesus. Jesus, you are welcome in this house, she says, and that's good. It says in verse 39, she had a sister called Mary, who also having seated herself beside the Lord's feet was listening to his word. But Martha was going around in circles, overoccupied with preparing the meal. Notice this, she was going around in circles. How many people do we know that that is a perfect description of their lives? just circles, just chasing their own tail. People just going here and there and everywhere. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's somebody you know. Martha, it says, was going around in circles and over-occupied with preparing the meal. Now here she is making a meal, preparing something for Jesus. Now that sounds like a good thing, but do you realize it's possible to be over-occupied even with a good thing. To be over-occupied means you're giving too much attention to something. Something that might not in itself be a bad thing. Like I said, preparing a meal for Jesus and a house full of guests, this is a good thing. Getting ready to serve people, this is a good thing. This is even a, a, a godly thing. But you must watch over everything in your life because it's possible to be over-occupied with something. 
Well, if you're over-occupied, if Jesus says she's over-occupied with that, that's just revelation that there's something there that even as important as that is, even as important as it is to eat a meal, prepare a meal, serve a meal, it must mean that there was something else going on that was more important and more worthy of her attention and more worthy of her focus. She was over-occupied with preparing the meal. Notice what happened. Bursting in upon Jesus, she assumed a stance over him. Just cold interrupted what Jesus was saying. Interrupted the message that day. Assumed a stance over him and said to him, Lord, is it not a concern to you that my sister has let me down to be preparing the meal alone? Speak therefore to her at once that she that she take hold and do her part with me. And answering the Lord said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and excited about many things, but of few things there is need or of one. For Mary chose out for herself the good portion, which is of such a nature that it shall not hastily be snatched away from her. So here's Martha overoccupied. Now compare that to Mary. Martha's running around in circles. Mary is the exact opposite. She's perfectly still. Perfectly still at the feet and in the presence of Jesus. What is it Mary did exactly to receive something from him that day to ensure that it would never be taken from her again? Well, notice what Jesus said. Mary has chosen for herself the good part. The good part. I was meditating some of these things recently and I was thinking about Jesus saying that. And at first, to be honest with you, it seemed to be an odd choice of words. She's chosen the good part. She's chosen the good part and it won't be taken from her. Well, well what did she choose? Well, looking at it, she chose Jesus. Yeah, of course she did. She chose to hear the word, yes. But there was something about what Jesus said that really stood out to me. And the more I got to meditating on that and just asking the Lord, I finally got to the place. I said, Jesus, you said this. Tell me what you meant by it. And I'm sitting in the chair in the bedroom of my home, just thinking about these things and meditating on it. You know, you got to meditate the word. Just think on it, think on it, think on it. Let the Holy Ghost begin to speak to you about it. You know, finally he said to me, Jeremy, everything has a good part. It does. Everything's got a good part. Think about it. Every song. Oh, this is the good part. Every movie you see, this is the good part. A meal. Martha's getting ready to prepare a meal. Every meal you sit down to, hopefully it's got a good part, right? A day, a day has a good part. You get home and you've got a husband or a wife there. And what do you do? You tell them about the day and then you say, oh, but this was the good part. A day, a week, a month, a year has a good part. Tell me about your year. Well, let me tell you about the good part, a life, a whole life. You look at it from beginning to end. What do people want to know? Tell me about the good part. Everything's got a good part. And what is the good part? The good part of the song is the part you can't wait to hear. The good part of the movie is your favorite part. And you know what? A lot of times, even if every other part is eh, you will sit through those parts to get to the good part. And sometimes if you know it's coming and you've been there and you've seen it and you've, you've experienced it before, you'll skip all the other parts 
to get to the good part. Have you heard, are you familiar with the expression getting to the good part? I'm getting, let me get to the good part. I'm getting to the good part. I'm sitting there meditating all these things and, and I begin to see that in light of what Jesus said about Mary. She chose the good part. Everything's got a good part. And if it's got a good part, that means it's got a bunch of other parts too. Every, you go back through the list, every song, every meal, every movie, every story, every book, every day, week, month, year, every life, it's all got parts that go to it. Every day of your life, there are parts and they are moving parts and they are, it, they are parts that are constantly going this way and that way. It's parts. Everything is made up of parts. But Mary made a decision. There was a lot going on that day. There was some hustle and some bustle in the kitchen. And there was some commotion over here. And there was a crowd in here and a crowd waiting out there. There's a lot of parts, a lot of things she could have been a part of. But she chose, according to Jesus, the good part. She went straight for the good part. He is the good part. Jesus is the good part of every day. Jesus is the good part of every week, every month, every year, every life. He's the good part. His word is the good part. So make the decision that Mary made. I'm getting to the good part. And you have to make it a decision because there will always be other parts. There will always be other things that you'd have to decide what you are going to be a part of. What part will you be a part of? And there will be other things that seem good. Like we said, Martha's in there cooking away, making a meal for Jesus. But according to Jesus, she picked the wrong part. He said, you're over-occupied with this stuff. And the truth of it is, there were two meals being served in that house on that day. Martha was serving one and Jesus was serving one. And Mary had to choose. Do I want to eat naturally or do I want to eat spiritually? And she chose to sit still at the feet of Jesus. What's the word tell us about being still? It's in the stillness that you find out he's God. It's in the stillness that you find out he's God and you're not. <laughs> he's the provider and you're not. He's the healer and you ain't. But it's only in the stillness that you find that out. And do you know what kind of spiritual discipline it takes to choose that part? when there's so much else going on around you. So many things that seem good, maybe even better. Man, I, I went through a thing recently at the end of last year. Uh, dumb little thing. I, I, I got this little, little bump that showed up on my hand and just a little red bump, no big deal, right? And I just kept messing with it, messing with it, messing with it until a week went by and this thing turned into a major 
infection on the side of my hand. I've got great pictures and videos if you want to see, but it, it got really gnarly and it, it got pretty intense to be honest with you. And I had to go to the doctor, actually ended up in the ER with them looking at it. And uh, you know, in the middle of all that, I had to make a decision. Am I going to lay up in this bed and feed on the nothingness of Netflix? Or am I going to choose the good part? And I decided I was going to binge watch me some healing teaching. And we, we're real familiar with kind of going crazy, binge watching the shows, you know, sitting down on Netflix or whatever and just watching a whole season at a time of something. Well, that's fun, right? That seems like a good time. But I was in the middle of a moment in my life where I had to make a decision. What part is going to do something for me? Do you realize that when Jesus said she chose the good part, if you look that up, the word good literally means useful, beneficial. You're going to have to decide what to you is the good part. Or in other words, what are you going to feed on that is actually going to do something for your life? What are you going to feed on that's actually going to be useful to you? And you're going to have to decide. This has always been a thing for me. I'll be honest with you. From the time I was a youth pastor, and on a weekly basis, I would go and I'd sit down in my office with my Bible and get ready to prepare a message and look out the window and think, wow, sure, it's pretty out there today. I think I'll go for a walk. And it was like this inability to sit still. And I would go out and I'd find something else to do and find this to do and just too easily distracted, not realizing, hey, Jeremy, sit down, shut up, boy, this is the good part. This is the part you, you want. This is the part you want to get to. Skip everything else. Get to the good part. Now, I realize it's not possible for you or me, either one, to spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week, sitting down reading the Bible. And the Lord's not asking that of us. He's not requiring that of us. All he's saying is that he wants to know from you that you know that of all the parts going on in your life, this is the good one. And this is the one that makes the other parts good. Why and how did Mary get something from God that day that according to Jesus would never be taken from her? She chose the good part. And in doing so, she valued him. She put value on the word of God. And where his word is honored, his word will bear fruit. Where his word is valued, his word will produce the blessing of the Lord in your life. That's how this works. And you think about poor Martha in there, but you know what? Honestly, she should have realized, have you seen what this guy can do with a piece of bread and a fish? I don't need to be in here cooking. All I need to be, all I need to do is sit out there, sit down next to sister and hear the word. Jesus, you provide the meal. That's picking the good part. This is how you ensure that you live a life and you wake up and go to bed every day and say before the Lord, I have kept the faith. It won't be taken from you if you look at his word and look at his plan for your life and say, this is the good part. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. 
You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.